This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. So my apologies, right up front, my apologies for recording with the wrong microphone last time around. Uh, Michael informed me, I think maybe like a day afterwards, was like, hey, genius, you used the wrong <laughs> microphone when you're recording. So yeah. I'm triple checking my recording settings this time before starting. So hopefully everything comes out good. Um, I was wondering if it was because I was using this like fancy USB adapter thing for my MacBook Pro because I have USB like whatever it is to USB-C, right? Right, but right, right, right. No, I just used the wrong no. mic last time. So, <laughs> Rookie mistake. Happens to the best of us. It does. It does indeed. Well, Michael, I know that you have got a walk to go on in a, mm. in a couple minutes here with the little man uh, who seems to be doing well. I posted a, a photo of Eli uh, on Twitter just a couple minutes ago. When he saw me, he thought it appropriate to cry as loud as he could. Screaming my face, in fact, and yeah. so I thought that was pretty cute. Took a yeah. took a quick uh, shot of that, and he's adorable. So he's getting he's getting really chubby, just like his daddy cries all the time. Yeah. Cries always, all the time. Always upset about something. Always got something to complain about. <laughs> I've never known that to be an accurate description of you. Just so <laughs> just so we're clear, but uh, you know, had to get in the, have to get in the jabs all I can. All right, so let's get this show on the road then and get started get down to business what episode is this 69 69 oh i was so close so close uh episode 69 so thanks for joining us all right um let's take a look here okay so i think the last thing we talked about was laravel 5.7 new pagination link customization so that's where we left off so we wanted to talk about uh, why don't we just jump right into releases first, huh? Let's do it. So we've got 5634 released, which you had said before the show. You're like, you know what? Nobody really cares about that because 5.7 is out now, but we're going to go ahead and cover it anyway for those of us poor souls who are still on 5.6, of which I'm one. Huh. Right? Even so I've upgraded to 5.7. <laughs> I know. And well, I never, and well, I never yeah, upgraded on to which anything. Project? On which project, right? On our main members project? No, like on, on an actual work project. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, I even moved. That's awesome. So our members facing stuff used to be on a cPanel host and we had our big security audit come through and they're like, you know, because we had some interesting and they're like, ah, you should probably move that off of that host. So we moved it and now it's on its own host and it's running on PHP 7.1. So of course, the first thing I did was fire up Laravel shift and uh, get that bad boy upgraded to 5.7 and it was a pretty smooth process. We were still using Elixir on that project because it's been around for a little while. So Shift did not handle um, updating the the Elixir config, but it did flatten all my resources and and do all of that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. Gotcha. It gave us the opportunity to upgrade from Elixir to Laravel Mix, and mm-hmm. that was actually a reasonably smooth process. I, I'm sure I tried it before and it was a disaster. So I I hadn't, but this time around I I just forged ahead and got it all done and. Yeah, so that's now running on a brand new 7.1 server and it's running on 5.7 and ticking along nicely. All the tests passed pretty much out of the box, except for I had a model that had a, a boot method. I saw you, yeah, I saw you say something about this. Yeah, in, I felt uh, real dumb about that. The but the, the thing is, that had been like that and the tests had been touching that model 
all along and and never complained about it. So some behavior must have changed in in the. So explain the context to me. What was it? You had something in the boot method of the uh, yeah, user class, so in, right? So in one of my classes, I had a you have a public static boot method which you can use to yep. put like simple listeners and things like that in there. And so we had overwritten yep. that boot method. But in this particular oh, okay, class, okay. it wasn't calling parent colon colon boot. So it wasn't uh, calling yeah, eloquence boot method. Yep. And like it had never been there. So something must have changed in the way that eloquent runs that boot method. It might be depending on something different. I didn't really look into it. I just fixed it and and moved on. So yeah, it was it was good having the test there. And it was a pretty, pretty smooth, pretty simple upgrade actually to Laravel 5.7, even with flattening the resource directory and, and things like that. Uh, one thing that I did pick up after the fact, and I think Paul Redmond tweeted about it. Uh, I don't, I don't believe there was an article for it, but in Laravel 5.7, there's some slick new error pages. So there's a default 400, 40, I think it's a 403 or 404 or 500 and 503, which have got some mm-hmm. really nice SVG illustrations that, uh, that yeah, Steve Shoga had done. So I don't know, like you'd have to pull them out manually, but they're in like public svg or something like that uh we'll link them up in the show notes but you just copy them across they'll uh, they'll get rendered out with the new exception handler so the page will load itself um that's just a, a static page unless you've overwritten it in your app and it and it gives you like a big beautiful looking page but without the svgs obviously you just get lots of white space so right um, right we'll link that up but they, they look they look really nice and and well done to to steve shoger who who designed those illustrations all right well that's what i'm doing tonight five seven upgrade no, I'm just kidding. By the time we get done with this, it'll be midnight, hopefully earlier than that. But yeah, not tonight, but soon. Speaking of, I wanted to give Andrew Brown a quick shout out who I got the chance to meet at Laracon this year. Andrew Brown's the guy who did states, model states, where you can kind of uh, define these these states that you can kind of stack up when you're doing factories and getting things all set up in your tests, right? So it was cool to meet him, but he has an article out there called, actually just called Upgrading Laravel. And he talks about, yeah, Shift is great, and it is, and I use Shift as well. But he talks about kind of some different strategies he uses uh, in PHP Storm to help him migrate from version to version, where he basically will download a fresh version of Laravel slash Laravel, and then we'll do like a diff against his current version so he can kind of see all the differences between his current one and, and the, you know, and the, um, mm-hmm. and the newest one. And then using the tools in PHP storm to kind of, uh, push code back and forth between the two of them, you know, but it just gives you a really nice clear picture of all that stuff in the case that either you can't purchase the shift or hmm. you just want to do the upgrade manually because you think it's going to be more solid or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I thought, so that was a cool article. So we'll link that up in the show notes for you. Thanks, Andrew Brown. Yeah. Okay, also, uh, 5.6.34, we did talk about that last time, so no need. No need to get there. We're, no we're out of that. Yep, no need. No need. Very cool. All right, so let's talk about, we've got 5.7, which we'll talk about, I think, at the end. We've got some general announcement community stuff, and then a lot of these are, we've got some plugins, and we've got uh, some tutorials. So let's talk really quick about uh, some of these plugins that we've kind of got, packages, plugins, whatever you want to call them. And let's start with ZASH auto suggestions. Um, so any of you out there know what ZSH is? Go ahead and raise your hand. Anybody? Yes? Yes? Okay. Michael, you do. Um, Michael, uh, do you use ZSH? I do use ZSH or I Zshell as the cool kids call it. Yeah, Zshell. And I honestly am still in the dark about what the heck. So basically, you, know, you have like your bash born again shell i think is what it's called right so this is what mm-hmm. would uh open up by default 
Which is the default, like your default show on a fresh install of Mac OS is Bash and on most Linux operating systems as well. That's sort of like the command line interface you get into, right? Is the application is terminal. I use iTerm, but yeah, by default, it ships with Bash, right? And so Z shell is a new, a different type of shell that you can kind of configure on your machine to use. And one of the really nice features that it includes is auto completions for different types of commands. And so somebody out there, put together, let's see who it was, Eric Freeze put together a ZSH auto suggestion or Z shell auto suggestions uh, that works for all the Laravel artisan stuff. So it will um, do, let's see, auto auto suggestions. And it looks like it tries to like do some actual completions for you straight in line, which I don't Mm -hmm. think I've ever seen before yeah it's pretty handy and i mean z show has suggestions out of the box for some things but with with plugins and packages that you can integrate into z show it gives you more control well not so much more control but more options in terms of what it will actually complete for you so out of the box it doesn't know about how to deal with artisan for example but if you install the laravel or the artisan specific uh, suggestions it will then automatically handle that for you and then you can you know type php artisan and then make colon and then tab and it will show you the list of all the different make commands that you can use so it's really but t- i mean you- correct correct me here it looks like it looks like this almost does like a placeholder sort of thing maybe that's yeah. just an extra thing that he has going on because i've never seen that I, i'm totally with you where like i type php artisan tab or whatever and it shows me or you know yeah, so- it'll show or make and it'll show me kind of what i can do Right, but this one is a little bit different in that it looks like it almost has like a placeholder sort of type of head. Yeah, so instead of showing you a you. list of them all, it'll just give you like a, a shadow version of it. Like a, yeah. so it's hard to explain. There's a, there's a picture of it in the article, but basically like a, a, a transparent or an opaque version of like the rest of the command that it might complete for you. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're sounding like Dan Fool was trying to talk about what this picture looks like. <laughs> so we'll just uh, leave it at, Auto suggestions are handy. It means that you can tab complete things and this will actually show you what you're about to tab complete. So we'll link that up in the show notes so you can have a look at it. I'm curious. So the one that I have installed, because I've had something like this out there for a while. There's one that I have that's been installed for the last year probably. And it will pick up my custom commands that I have in, in the project. Right. I'm curious as to if this one will do that or not. Well, yeah, it just pulls the list out because it, it it's basically instructed how to read the options there and it should just read yeah. whatever's in there. Yeah. So hopefully it should do that for you. That's really handy though. Cause like I always namespace my commands to like the name of the app that I'm in, or maybe like the name of uh, the company I'm working for. Right. So mm-hmm. like PHP artisan Wilbur, right. Colon. And that's kind of like my namespace for all my custom commands. And so I know like Wilbur colon, and then I just like press tab and to see what I need to auto complete or whatever. So it's really handy. Yep. Cause I think it's annoying to have to like, if, if it's at the bottom of the list or if it's, at, you know, wherever, or I guess it's at the, t- at the top of the list. Like if your app starts with, you know, an A or whatever, and your name's basing your commands with an A or something like that, it can get annoying to like PHP artisan enter. And then you have to see, you have to scroll all the way back to the top. All the way to back to the, the top. Yeah. 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 It gets annoying. You should, okay, just, anyway, should so, prefix everything with Z. Yeah. That's, I should. Zonda. <laughs> Zonda colon. Anyway. Okay. Thanks. Z Z S H auto suggestions. Thank Eric. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. Let's talk about this enum package. I know that you shudder at the word enum because you've had some really terrible experiences with enums. And I think the enums that you're talking about, the enums that you've had horrible experiences with, and yes, it is true. 
You totally have I don't shut it. I, I like a good enum, but I think the enum belongs in your code and not in your yes. database. Which and, is exactly and, what this package accomplishes. And that may be specific to doctrine. So, and we've talked about this on previous shows. Uh, so we'll just we'll just hit it really quickly. If you have an enum field in your database and you try and run a migration that changes a field in in that database, it it won't work. You have to because doctrine will try or the DVAL database access layer, I think it is, package that Laravel relies on to to migrate tables, tries to read the current structure in order to figure out what it needs to change. And it doesn't know what to do with an enum. It doesn't doctrine doesn't support that. So it just blows up. So Enums are something that I think, at least specifically in the case of Laravel, is something that you should just deal with inside of your code. And that way it's version. Enums are things that don't change that often. You know, you might have user types. Well, once you define that you've got an administrator, a moderator, a subscriber, and a super administrator, how often are you adding a new user type? Not often enough to to worry about creating a table or to, you know, create an enum. And, And it's really storing state in your database. Uh, or, you know, being responsible for what that state can be, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially this, um, well, so let's let's see. Let's talk about this real quickly. So the author of the package is a guy named Ben Sampson, and he actually has a nice follow-up article where he kind of talks about his uh, reasoning behind it. And I think he's coming from C or something like that. And he said he really missed enums. And so he wanted to kind of port this behavior over. So... This is a more grown-up version of kind of what I do a lot of times to avoid magic strings, right? So if I have like a, a set of statuses that I could have uh, possibly for uh, a particular class or whatever, I'll just usually set those as like a constant in my class, right? And then reference them that way so that I don't ever get these like magic strings where I'm mistyping and my IDE just kind of type hints it for me. Yeah. Or, you know, not type hints it, but like will auto-complete that for me so I don't get any... um. I don't mess it up. So that's really helpful, right? So but what this does essentially is it allows you to define enums in your in your code. So like, for example, user type here, and then you can define a name that kind of goes along with an integer. So that's how he he suggests you do it is like a tiny int would be the column type that you would use for all of these. And then what happens is in the, you know, in your code, then you associate uh, whatever those tiny int values would be with a actual string. Yeah. And so it's essentially the same thing as what I'm talking about, except for they get their own dedicated class. And because they get their own dedicated class and they extend a a base enum class, you get some really cool stuff out of the box. So you get like a validation rule that you can use. So when you're going to validate a request, you can say new enum value and then pass in your your class that defines what the allowable values are there. And it will make sure that the value that's coming in from your request matches the values that you have set in your in your enum class there. You could also match them against the key in case you wanted to do that. So like if you're if you want your front end to not so like let's say you have a select drop down, right? And instead of associating on the front end in the select you say like zero equals administrator, one equals whatever. You could just say, you know, in your select you could say administrator is the value and administrator is actually what they see as well, right? Mm-hmm. So your mm-hmm. validation can both be done with the key or with the values and then you get localization as well, which is pretty sweet. So there's a couple of different things that really make this quite useful. And uh, I think we're going to be using this moving forward. We've really kind of just recently migrated away from some of these, these magic strings that we've found around in our, da- in, our, uh, in our code. And so we've been using constants to clean that up, but this seems yeah. like a much more... Yeah, because this, this is not just like arbitrary. Because 
with the magic strings and converting them to constants, they're still kind of arbitrary. Whereas using this, it gives you the validation rules as well, which gives you some enforcement around what's going in there. So, mm-hmm. and it makes things a little bit easier as well. Yeah. So like, I think maybe for me, what's the kind of heuristic for figuring out whether I would use this or whether I'd use a constant is if I have like a listing of things, right? If there's, yeah. if there's a, a set of things that could be that, that a particular column or something could be right. Cause there will, there will also common commonly be in my code, something like number of days to wait before archiving or something like that. You know what I mean? And I'll set that as a constant. Now I'm not going to use a, a enum for that. That's not obviously appropriate. So it's not like it's going to replace all my constants, but yeah. anytime you have a listing of things that something could be, this would be a, an appropriate time to use the Laravel enum package. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I might check this one out. Uh, yeah. Cause it, you know, it gives you that, that level of Laravel specificity, whereas the package I'm using currently is just the generic PHP enum package. So this gives you some nice things. As I said, mainly in terms of validation. So you don't have to implement that validation stuff yourself. And it's also got you know the ability to get the keys and get the values. So you can build up your select lists and things like that in your views, which is super useful. And yeah. it also supports returning arrays, returning you know random values from there, returning random keys, getting descriptions. So it actually supports localization. So if your application is in English and Spanish, you can define, you know, corresponding description so administrator might be you know obviously administrator in english but it might have a different different i, mean, I don't know what administrator is in spanish but you know you, you could get it to return that based <laughs> on the the locale of your application what did you say so you can return or uh you can return like a list or a random value from it too so like in your factories you could say like give me a random one of these that's that's awesome yeah so just like enum so whatever the enum class is called so it's user type so you go user type colon colon get random value and it would return yeah, yeah. You know, zero awesome. one two three so just, yeah, have a look. Um, we'll link it up in the show notes, obviously, the article on Laravel News, which also links to Ben's post on using enums in the Laravel and also the the package itself on GitHub. And the, and the readme goes into a good good deal of detail in terms of using that. So I might actually look at potentially swapping to this package in our application. And also, this is pretty cool. This uh, It also has a method for to select array, kind of how you'd have to do key value. Right, yep. so it, it dumps it out for you in that in that uh, in that way, so you can use it in a in a select dropdown. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Lots of good stuff here. Lots of good stuff. This is a really yeah. cool package. We're definitely going to be pulling this in, kind of adding it to our uh, style guide. Being like, hey, anytime yeah. you need to do this, this is the package you need to be using. Love it. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Ben. All right. Uh, okay. Let's see what else we got here. We've got Alfred search workflow for Vue.js. So we've talked about this uh, this Alfred workflow stuff last couple of weeks. Why don't you talk to us about this one real quickly? Just give us a brief overview of what this is. Yeah. So we've got the the Laravel docs one. We've got we talked about another one. I'm pretty sure recently. I think it was the PHP docs. Yeah. PHP docs. Yeah. This week, thanks to Vince Mitchell, we've now got one that does the Vue docs. So. We're not going to go into it in too much detail, but if you're using Alfred on your Mac, you can pull up the Alfred search tool. You can type view space and then, you know, events or instance or whatever you're looking for. And it'll go and hit the the Alfred docs up for you and, and return a list of things that will open up uh, in your browser. So thanks to Vince Mitchell for this based on uh, the work that and I think Till Cruz was really a, a trendsetter in getting this going because I've seen quite a few of these pop up since that original yeah. Laravel Docs one. Yeah, agreed. Um, 
Man, I'm really thinking about getting Alfred now. Like I've been using Spotlight, just using Spotlight for forever. I love it. Use it like, yeah. you know, constantly. Yeah. I'm always amazed when I see people who don't know it exists, like who know, who have never used Spotlight before. Right? I'm like, press command space. And they're like, what? I'm like, press command space. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, type in pages. Okay. Yeah, there's pages. Like, because they're like searching yeah. through like, where do I find pages? It's like, just search for it. But people don't know about it. So, but I've been looking at Alfred. It's only like 20 pounds because I guess it's a European creator or yeah. whatever. It's like 20 pounds for, for the um, version that allows you to pull in these workflows. So you can get a free version, but the, the, work, uh, the uh, workflow version uh, power pack, I think is what it's called. It costs 20 pounds. Okay. I'm going to get, we've got a, uh, a package here for Laravel Nova. I'm kind of going to save that to the end because I'd like to talk about a couple different Nova packages that are out and, and kind of where you can find a lot of those. Sure. So we'll save that one right now. Um, let's talk about view dev tools 5.0 beta. Tell us about it. What's, what's new. Okay. What is new? Let's take a look. So it looks like there is a couple new tabs that are available up until now. The the uh, tabs that you have had in the view dev tools have been components. I think Vuex and events. Is that right? I think so. I think so. I think yeah, those, I think that's what the three been. that you had. Yeah. And and inside of and I think there was a refresh button somewhere in there too. Mm-hmm. But it looks like they've added a routing tab, a performance tab, a settings tab, and an editable Vuex state. So you can edit Vuex state straight in this straight in this tool now, which I don't think you could do before. No, that's kind of so, handy. Yeah, that's super handy. Oh my word. I use that all the time in uh, like if I just have like component state, right? I modify that all the time, like straight in there. Uh, but to be able to modify the Vuex state is is pretty awesome. Yeah. Let's see here. I'm looking at the settings tab here, which looks pretty interesting as well. Give me one second. I got to get my face closer to the screen. I think what's really handy here is the, the performance tab. And like view is really quick, but depending on how you build things, it can get out of hand, especially if you're iterating over lots and lots of stuff. So it gives you a framework graph and a component render breakdown, which would be handy. I don't know how much it goes into detail around, you know, improving or telling you where you might have issues in the future. But certainly it's a it's a step in the right direction, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. There is a couple other things here that I, I want to mention. Uh, it looks like they have uh, a collapse and expand for all child elements. Right. So like when you're looking at your component tree, you can kind of collapse and expand all, which is really handy. It looks like also you can display functional components in the component tree now. They're still working on props for that. It doesn't they said they don't fully work yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a couple other things in there that uh I mean, of course it's it's free, so it's like definitely you should just go update this. But yeah, some pretty cool stuff in there. So I'll I'll be uh checking that out. I tried to upgrade before the show. But I'm not even sure. I got to know if they just auto updates or what that does. I don't know. I don't know how that works. No, I think because it's a beta release, you need to beta oh, yeah, yeah, release. You need to download the, beta. the thing, the, beta the extension, release. and manually run it. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm a 4.1.5. I wonder how you do that. Uh, if you go to the GitHub release notes, there's a file you can download the XPI. And yeah. Just install that. Cool. There are so many error trackers on the market, Jake, and they're all the same. But do you know which one is best? Honey Badger is best. And do you know why? Contrary to popular belief, Honey Badger do care. Honey Badger is the only error monitoring platform which can alert you about not only your exceptions, but also about things like AWS, Google, and Azure going down, critical jobs and services going missing, SSL and TLS certificates expiring, web servers crashing, DNS fails, the list goes on and on and on and on. So Honey Badger is not new. 
but it is new to Laravel. Honey Badger is an integrated monitoring system for Laravel apps, and the integration has been made by our very good friend, TJ Miller. He's been working very hard to bring the specific Laravel integration to us from scratch. So you might have used other exception tracking softwares. Tracking exceptions is great. It alerts you to your user errors before your users alert you to those errors, and it helps you get context around what those exceptions are and how to fix them, rather than the vague reports that we've all received from our users. So the best part about Honey Badger is fixing errors before your users have a chance to complain about them. But not only is there exception tracking, there's uptime monitoring. It'll ping your apps and API endpoints externally and alerts you when they're down or configured incorrectly. Think of it like Pingdom or Odea, but for apps and APIs. And on top of that, there's also check-in monitoring. So Laravel gives you the ability to ping a URL when you run a scheduled task. This will tell you if that ping failed. So know when your scheduled tasks and background jobs go missing or silently fail. And we've all been there. Jake, you've been there. Oh my gosh, way too often. As I said, Honey Badger's new to Laravel and they're super excited to get involved. You can check them out at honeybadger.io slash four slash Laravel where you can pick yourself up a 15-day free trial and be sure to let us know what you think. Thanks to Honey Badger for sponsoring the show. Everyone, Michael Dorinda just killed that. This this is my this is his first try, and I was on my third. So I want everybody just in your car or wherever you listen, just a quick round of applause for Michael Dorinda and for Honey Badger. Thank you so much, Honey Badger. I wish I could have said all those things as succinctly and wonderfully as you did, but it is eleven thirty here, and I am getting a little bit tipsy. So it is time. Uh, <laughs> sometimes Drunk you just got to do it when you're done, right? You got to call in the closer. Got to call in the closer. Thank you, Michael. That was awesome. Thank you, Honey Badger. You guys rock. Okay, let's get back to do, the show, shall we? Do you know, in Laravel 5.7, we have a new feature to help us better test our interactive artisan commands. Now, people have been tweeting about this recently. They're doing these interactive commands rather than taking in options and arguments and all that kind of stuff. And you've always got to look PHP help, no, PHP artisan help command to find out what the things are. No, 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 no. What we're doing now is we're making our commands interactive. We're asking, you know, if we're creating a new user, what is your name? What is your email address? What is your password? Do you want to send a password reset? Muhammad Saeed has brought us some new testing tools in Laravel 5.7 to improve the way you write, not only the way you write the artisan commands, but also how you test them. So you can call this artisan your command, and then you can chain as many of these as you want. Expects question, expects output, expects question, expects output. And then you can assert an exit code of zero to make sure that everything has functioned correctly. I have I have switched one of my applications, one of my packages to use this new interactive format. And the, the testing is much simpler than, than it was previously. And you don't have to worry about, I've seen other console commands where they have to mock all this stuff out and figure out what's coming in everything. and what's coming out. This just makes the whole thing simpler. So yeah. we'll link up in the show notes, but thanks to Muhammad for, for building this out for us. And let us know about your interactive console commands. It looks incredible. I really would love to see like a 5.6 to a 5.7, like a, a comparison of like what that command, what that test looked like in 5.6 and now what it looks like in 5.7. Because I've, I've tried to do these things, right? Like I just kind of almost yeah. gave up on testing this sort of stuff. But this interactive command stuff really is is the route to go if you can, if you can. So yeah, looks really good. Looks really good. All right, moving on. Uh, let's talk some more about 5.7. So 5.7 is now released, has been released. It was released, um, let's see, when? When was it released? Tuesday for me, Monday for you, somewhere in between for our EU listeners. 
Awesome. So let's talk about some of the high level features here that we're talking about, or maybe features or changes, right? So the first thing we've got is the new resources directory. So it's flattened and it removes the assets folder that appeared in previous versions. So maybe in previous versions, you'd have something like resources, assets, lang, views, right? So now it, it takes that all out and it's just resources, JS, SAS, you might have CSS in there instead of SAS or less mm -hmm. or something like that, but it just kind of flattens that all down, which is great. I, I like that change. Yeah, it's fine. It's nice. Me. And it's important to note that this is an optional change if you're upgrading from a previous version of Laravel as well. Thank you. That is a good that is a good uh, side note to make because I know there are some people who weren't crazy about it and that's that's fine. That's fine. We talked about this previously, and so I'll just mention it real quickly. New pagination customizations in 5.7 makes it a lot easier to, to do pagination customizations. We have improved error messages. So this is Joseph Silber made it so that when you have a error, uh, maybe like a, a misspelled method or something like that that you're calling on an eloquent model, it doesn't throw you some crazy odd exception that's difficult to track down. He he put together a, a pull request that fixes that and, and really helps you to pinpoint where those errors are coming from. We've got better ways of testing artisan commands. We've got the new Ar uh, Symphony console dump server. So you can do... Uh, you can run a, a console server on the command line and dump to that and see all those and your application will continue running as normally or as normal. You've got callable action URLs. You've got all sorts of wonderful stuff. So this is out for you to use right now. Get your credit card out and go over to Laravel Shift if you'd like to, to do it automatically. Uh, or as we talked about at the beginning of the show, you can check out a couple of uh, tutorials we have out there for easier ways to uh, upgrade your installation. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about what's new in Laravel 5.7, we'll link it up in the show notes. But Jeffrey Way over at Laracast.com is putting together a daily what's new in Laravel 5.7 series. One thing that we did not mention is guest user gates. So so in Laravel 5.6 and, and previous to that, authorization gates and policies automatically return to false for unauthenticated users. So you couldn't use policies or gates for unauthenticated users because the very first thing it does is look to see if the person that you're passing in is in fact authenticated. And if they're not, returns false, done, right? But now in Laravel 5.7, you can allow guests to go through those authorization checks by using a nullable type hint or setting the default value as null for this user that's coming in, right? So you can basically override that default behavior of rejecting them and instead allow that user through and then do the additional checks that you would want to do. So you have, you know, you have guest gates and policies now that you could implement, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. So, and then they talk a little bit about the new error pages, which was not mentioned in our other list, was it? We talked about it no. before, but we, we didn't mention it in our other list. We did. Yeah. We did. And they're gorgeous. Okay. What else we got? Laracon Australia. Mm. Give us any We're updates about Laracon Australia. We haven't talked about it much uh, recently. Let's talk no. about it. We're uh... I think at, at the time of this recording, we've got like 15 tickets left. So all going well in the next six weeks, we will sell out the conference, which is very exciting to me for as you know, someone who thought it'd be a great idea to run a conference to, <laughs> to sell that out. But we are also, thanks to our wonderful sponsors, to Titan Co., to Laravel News, of course, to Linode and to Nexmo, we have six tickets to give away. The conference is next month, which is kind of scary. One of my sponsors emailed me and said, oh, we're looking forward to seeing you next month. And I had to think about that because I didn't quite realize <laughs> it was that quick already. So yeah, right. uh, 18th and 19th of October at the Monkey Bar Theatre Company in Sydney. If you Now, this is the important thing with this, with this ticket giveaway. You must be able to get yourself to Laracon in Sydney and you must get your own accommodation. But we will give you the ticket. 
So if you're in a position where you can, you know, you've got friends that live in Sydney, but maybe you can't afford the ticket, there is a link to to a type form where you can enter your details and uh, and go from there. So we will be drawing that on the 17th of September. Failing that, tickets for Laracon will end sale on the 21st. And uh, we've got some exciting announcements coming up. We've had a we've had a slight schedule change due to some unforeseen circumstances, but we'll talk more about that over Twitter. We've got some exciting announcements around the conference. We've we've been tweeting about our uh, our branding that Nohimi from uh, Titan actually did for us in terms of really, t-shirts nice. and yeah. and badges that are that are coming and and a few other bits and pieces that will sort of start to sprinkle out over the next couple of weeks as we uh, get closer and closer to the date. So I'm, I'm very excited for what is to come in terms of the conference. Taylor's talk is still to be confirmed. So if anyone is interested, we don't know what Taylor's going to talk about when, when he gets here <laughs> and when he gets on the stage. That will probably be the first time that we hear what Taylor's going to talk about. And I think we're going to change Adam's talk as well. So to those of you who are upset that you were unable to see Adam's Laracon US talk, we should have that. Um, video published thanks to our friends at StreamerCon um, by the time this episode airs. So Adam's going to talk testing because testing is a is a good evergreen topic and something that that changes. I mean, we just talked about changes in Laravel 5.7 for testing items of command. So it's yeah. always something that's that's good to revisit and expand on periodically. So Adam's talk will will be about testing at Laracon AU. So his talks uh, yeah, are always we, so entertaining. I love them. <laughs> they are. But, but I covered a lot there. So ticket giveaway closes September 17. Ticket sales close September 21st. Conference is on October 18th, 19th. And we look forward to seeing you there, those of you who are making the trip or who are in Sydney and will just, you know, go for a stroll to the, the theatre. Um, I'm ho- hoping it's going to be a, a good good conference the speakers and the talks all look really good. It'll be awesome, man. It'll be awesome. And the badges and the t-shirts look on point. They are quality. They are solid. Look super, super good. So there is there is another t-shirt. There is a single single shirt in existence, a one of a kind uh, that I will I will just wear to the conference. It won't be seen before and it won't be seen after. A Laravel Elite t-shirt, if you will. Well, I would never say those words. All right, we're going we're gonna to okay. wrap this up. Wrap your wrap. All right, let's, let's talk, talk real Nova quick. Okay. And then uh, let's talk Nova real quick. Um, so one of the things we want to talk about was a package for Nova called Manage Maintenance Mode in Laravel Nova, right? So this is, if you've never heard of Maintenance Mode in Laravel, I'm sorry for you, but you can run PHP Artisan down. It'll put your Laravel app in maintenance mode. And now you can do that through your Nova dashboard using this package. So more generally, though, uh, we wanted to talk about novapackages.com, which is created by the team over at Titan. So this is a site which showcases all the Nova packages built by the Laravel community. Uh, there's, it's a large index of user-contributed packages. It's gorgeous. Uh, I think Steve Shogar did some work on this, must have, because it's just absolutely beautiful. So Nohimi, about Nohimi, Nohimi designed this one. The same same Titan uh, that was responsible for Alaricon AU designs. Nohimi, you're killing it. It looks awesome. It looks looks incredible. Yeah, so it looks like at the time of this show, there's about 119 packages. Ooh. 14,000 packages downloads, but you can submit your packages directly to novapackages.com. These things are awesome. I was just looking at a quick browse through a bunch of these. 
and I, I'm like starring them and bookmarking them and like, oh my gosh, I yeah. can't wait to use this one. Uh, there's so much good stuff out there that is really just making this even better. Uh, Nova is amazing to begin with, uh, but all of these packages are, are just incredible and really making it uh, super useful. If you want to contribute a package, but you're not sure what, there is some work that Matt is working on currently, Matt Stauffer which is basically collecting ideas that have been published with a specific label in the GitHub issues repo on Nova packages. And it'll basically generate a page of ideas that you can like say, yeah, I'm going to work on this. And then, you know, you can pick things out. So if you're looking for something to do, or if you wanted to see if someone else is working on something, this would be a a good point of reference for that as well. So that'll be coming soon-ish. That's pretty sweet. Michael, has there been any packages that you've been looking at on here that you thought were interesting? There have been several packages that I have been looking at. I'm I'm most interested in packages that provide screenshots. I would like <laughs> to see what package I'm going to install. I'd like to see what it looks like before I, you know, I don't want to have to go through the hassle of downloading it and installing it to see what it looks like. So if you are creating Nova packages, please do include a screenshot in your in your readme. Most of mine have been fairly trivial. There's a there's a URL field one which I've used, which was kind of handy because I use it on my website to manage links to podcasts and there's an image there's an image one which is kind of handy as well i've got a google analytics plugin because i hate logging into google analytics i just want to see like the high level how many people visited my site there's a card at the top yeah there's a card on that you can put on the dashboard which is handy but there's a few others that i've been looking at that all look pretty interesting there's one for like frawala if you want to use a different uh, WYSIWYG editor than the tricks one that comes out of box out of the box incidentally the tricks editor in a release of laravel that came out recently the tricks editor now supports inline file uploads so if you drag and drop oh, an nice. image in there that's like, awesome like github it'll just upload the image and link it for you which seriously. is seriously super handy so that's uh that's that's kind of cool yeah one of the ones i saw that seems again it's sort of like oh really that's like a big deal for you but it kind of is if you have a large number of resources that left sidebar can kind of get a little bit cluttered and so a mm-hmm. lot of times you have you know like the idea in your head of like nested resources like these kind of things all belong under this and so there was a package out there i started i can't remember what it was but it allowed you i can't remember the name of it but allowed you to kind of do those nested resources kind of like you know a drop down menu on the left hand side i think it was alex bowers alex bowers has been killing it with these nova packages he's got like four or five out there now yeah there's some really good stuff really really good stuff i'm just looking through the list here Anyway, um, you know where a good place to find a lot of these is, is actually on the community links section of Laravel News. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff right now. I mean, obviously, the the community is abuzz with lots of uh, Laravel Nova stuff going on. But there are people kind of submitting things through uh, Laravel News too, like, hey, look at this cool thing I'm doing with Nova now. Uh, even if it's not necessarily just a package or a plugin for it, there's a lot of really cool information out there. I know that um, Marcel... Also had like a themable sort of thing, like you it would it would generate yeah, the CSS generate for you to the themes, theme, yeah, 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 to theme, yeah, with I mean with fonts and colors and everything, so it looks really cool. So there's all sorts of stuff out there right now. So you know between uh, Nova packages and Laravel news, hopefully we'll be able to find some really cool stuff to customize and continue to make Nova even better. Yeah. All right. I think that about wraps it up, man. That is all. Thank you everyone so much for bearing with what I don't even want to call this, like my my drunk tired drunk drunk tired drunk stupor here <laughs> it has been a whole day of cleaning our basement you know the basement just became one of those things where you just like you kind of open the door and chuck 
the toys down there that the kids brought up and so it just kind of became a mess down there a little bit yeah I, i'm being a little bit facetious we wouldn't actually just chuck toys down the stairs but no you'd but carry you know them saying? down the stairs obviously <laughs> sure 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 i would tell a quick story if we had the time i don't know if we have the time do we have the time we don't have the time <laughs> no i gotta go i gotta go <laughs> no problem no problem okay so this is episode 69 thanks so much everyone for listening you can find show notes for this episode on laravel-news.com slash podcast slash 69 if you like the episode please feel free to rate us up five stars in your podcast catcher of choice if you have any questions hit us up on twitter you know our handles we appreciate you listening stopping by and visiting with us a little bit we will see you in two weeks adios adios